0: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today.
1: It's game day. Fantasy Sports Today. Mike Blewett, Jim Dade, Scott Angle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Excited to be on yet again for week seven, the midway point of your fantasy football season. So, this has been a hell of a morning, a hell of an evening in fantasy football. We have a 9.30 game in London, for those of you that don't know. We got some big bye weeks, and we got a 9.30 game in London. So your DFS slate is pretty short to begin with. And then yesterday, two bombs of news dropped that Mel McGordon might not play. That turns out, That's true. He's not playing. He just tried warming up apparently in a sweatshirt and shorts in London and he's out. So he's got a hamstring thing and hopefully it doesn't linger too long, but that's never a good sign. And then Gronk just up and doesn't make the trip to Chicago. So they're saying he's doubtful, but he's not in Chicago. So I think we feel pretty good about saying Gronk is out. And I happen to have both of those guys on one team, but I digress. I don't want to make this about myself. You need to scramble if you're up early and get some guys into your lineup. Uh, clearly, you can't replace the likes of Melvin Gordon and Rob Gronkowski, but you're going to need to scramble and put somebody in there because that game's starting in less than 90 minutes. And normally don't start it off like that, but I'll bring it in to get the takes of my very own um managing director of rotoexperts.com and fantasy hall of famer scott engel you find him on twitter at scott E Roto x scott not a great way to start the sunday morning
2: no but uh you know, hope good morning, good morning. And, uh, hopefully you're prepared uh you know, some teams, like one owner I was spoken to this morning, could just pop in Nick Chubb for Melvin Gordon. So it's amazing and crazy how things can change in the span of a few days. When I did my lineup ranks on rotoexperts.com on Wednesday, I'm like, okay, Melvin Gordon, uh, you know, number three, and Nick Chubb, number 48. And uh, huh. <laughs> you know, that this morning it was, like, reversed.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Jim... <clears throat> It looks like we're looking at an Austin Eckler start. He has been startable as a flex throughout the season because he's seeing a decent amount of touches, especially down near the red zone. But here we have uh, Melvin Gordon out, and Austin Eckler becomes a big uh, a big play here this week.
3: He should be. Uh, just don't be surprised if we see some Justin Jackson mixed in as well. Uh, I think they're going to get him involved in, in some of the early down work You know, I just don't know if they think Austin Eckler can handle, you know, 18, 20 touches a game. He's just not built for that. So I think we're going to see some Justin Jackson in here as well.
1: Yeah. So normally somebody like Eckler would be chalk all over DFS, but he's not on that slate because it's the early Sunday morning game. Um, And to get to the bye weeks, we'll talk about Gronk in a moment. But the bye weeks are really important to start this week, too, because this is where we're really ramping up. We had Lions Saints last week. Now we have Steelers, Packers, Seahawks, and Raiders. So there's obviously a lot of players involved there. A couple of high-powered offenses where you're not going to be able to use those guys, which compounds the Gronk and the Melvin Gordon thing. And then as we move forward, we're going to see more and more bye weeks. Four more teams next week, six the week after that. So... We're really hitting a critical time in the fantasy football season as far as buys and depth are concerned. And when these injuries happen, it really creates a cascading effect. So, Jim, a day who you can find on Twitter at Fantasy Taz. By the way, I'm at Mike Blewett. Nothing fancy there. So, at Fantasy Taz. So, we got Gronk out. The thought process is that Dwayne Allen will see some snaps. But really, it seems based on waiver wire action that I saw in the last 20. 12 hours or so people are thinking about josh gordon in a bigger way and picking up chris hogan maybe to make up for that one week lack of gronkowski how do you see the offense potentially cascading down from missing those gronk targets now he hasn't been typical gronk this year maybe this is an indication as to why this back injury but what are your thoughts on how the patriots offense lays out with gronk on the sidelines
3: well, I'll tell you what, I'm really liking Josh Gordon Same. this week. Uh, I liked him even before the Gronk news, but Agreed. only because, I mean, we really saw his role increase last week uh, exponentially, much more, many more snaps, nine targets on the game. Uh, holding only four of them, but that's okay. The nine targets was a big number for him uh, to see that he's really starting to get involved in this offense. And. The fact of the matter was he was running roots all over the field. It wasn't like he had a very limited route tree. So these are all good you know, things pointing to him finally getting involved in this offense. And with Gronk out, I have to figure that they're going to really get Gordon involved. I like this to be Gordon's breakout week.
1: I'm with you on this one. I, I, was, I was in on him as well. He saw so few snaps those first couple of weeks, you couldn't really project anything beyond what you were seeing. Otherwise, it's just a guessing game, and you're saying, well, I think Gordon's going to really see an increase in snaps and catches. Well, he should, but you can't think that based on what you saw. Finally, last week, Scotty, we saw the increase in snaps and targets, like Jim said, and now with Gronk out, I would just have to think that if Brady felt comfortable enough with him last week, just his third week third uh, week in the Patriots' offense, then you would think that Going in this particular instance, they're going to have to try and rely on him. Edelman will obviously be huge. James White will be big, and we've seen both backs be valuable. So, I don't know if you feel differently from the way Jim and I feel.
2: No, not really. Uh, you know, they, they're they're saying you know Belichick was saying that his role is increasing every week. He's behaving himself. So for now, uh, you know, I think this week, you know, you have to certainly use Gordon. The Chicago Bears offense, you know, proved what, what I've been saying all along is that uh, there are no shutdown every week, startable defenses in fantasy football that you can't attack every week. What well, was real, I don't mean to, you know, steer the thing off the rails, though. It's like, It's uh, But, you know, with the whole Nick Chubb situation, though, yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting, though, that You know, there's a difference in kind of leagues, and it happened around a quarter after three on Friday. And if you don't have auction bidding, you know, and Corey's talked about this, it was about whoever got to the waiver wire fastest. And, you know, that's kind of unfair, and it makes me crystallize even more thinking that, you know, there should be first-come, first-serve waivers, you know, once the first waiver run is done.
1: I totally agree with this, and I was exposed to it Probably in the biggest way. It is something that I always, I guess I sort of supported. I never really fought for it. But it's always going to, you're always going to be, as you said, your thoughts are going to be crystallized when you're thrown into the fray. So last year in a league, I had Zeke Elliott. And we know now, and this will be sort of forgotten in time, we know now that Zeke sat six games. He was suspended the six games. He sat out and came back end of the year, uh, you know, whatever But there was an on-again, off-again suspension situation for the first like six weeks of the year. And every Wednesday it would be like, Zeke suspended again, no wait, temporary injunction, he's going to play. And I own Zeke Elliott. And this kept happening. (laughs) This is a personal story. This kept happening around five o'clock on Thursdays when my son's Soccer practice is going on. So my phone would be off. It would be in my bag across the soccer field. I'd come back, turn the phone on. Boom, somebody's picked up Rod Smith and uh, mm-hmm. who, who was it last year? Darren McFadden. People kept scooping these guys up and dropping them, and this is yet another example of that. I do think that waivers should run every day. I, the first-come, 1st first serve waiver scenario for me is archaic. I get... It doesn't even have to be fab bidding, right, Scott? It can just be let's run waivers every night. You don't have to have fab bidding, which is for those that uh, the uninitiated. Fab stands for free agent acquisition budget, so you bid money, and you could be a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, thousand dollars, whatever you want it to be. But uh, I, I don't think it has to be fab. But maybe we run waivers every day, right, Scott?
2: Yeah, that's that. That's what I'm thinking. It's yeah. just. You know, there was one one league of mine where I really needed to. Actually, though, you know, I try to get ahead of the curve and I've been telling people to stash Chubb for weeks. I did my advanced scout on rotoexperts.com on Monday and, you know, I already had him in three leagues. So I'm, I'm running him out in two leagues today, including in three leagues today, including the GST. So sometimes you can stash and sometimes you can't, especially with the bye weeks, it's hard to stash. But I will say this. You know, I have to always try to get the listeners ahead on stashing, and I do what I preach. The next stash you should have is Capri Bibbs because Adrian Peterson is really banged up.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to lose him in a league too. So, uh, Jim, your, your thoughts on our waiver discussion. I don't know if you feel differently, agree, or whatever. Well, actually,
3: I'm playing in two leagues this year that's doing it a completely different way. What we do is twice a week uh, on Wednesday night and then again on Saturday is we have auction waivers where everybody actually gets together and we put each player up that, you know, everybody gets to nominate a player for all auction for the waivers and then we do a live auction on those players and i'll tell you what you know everybody has a realistic chance to get any of the waiver picks it really takes all the other stuff out of it and it's so fun and interactive for the leagues i gotta tell you this is something i'm going to incorporate in any leagues i start going forward it makes it much more interesting and much fair
1: from a practical standpoint how long does that session last typically
3: uh, normally, it's about uh, maybe 15, 20 minutes.
1: Oh, that's not we bad We do it at all. as a
3: very fast auction, yeah. That's good. We do it as a very fast auction. It works well, and everybody seems to love it.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't no. know that's – I think it's a lot of fun, and I think it's a great idea. I don't know that as many people will be able to do it just because of that. It's sort of hard to get everybody together. But nonetheless, I do think it's a good idea. And I think the first-come, first-serve waivers thing, certainly – look, we are a little jaded, the three of us. We understand that. We're doing this on a professional basis and we play in some industry leagues where we don't really think first come, first serve should be good to go because, uh, honestly, you're in a league with 12 industry people. They're all glued to their phone constantly looking for news. So the first guy that happens to see the Chubb thing is like, boom. Uh, Now, granted, in an industry league, Scott, he's probably not on waivers, but the the point remains that that could happen with any – number of players so the chubb Hyde thing but l- let me get to the chubb Hyde thing in a minute because it is big news I just want to give you the rest of the inactives for this London nine thirty game so you have as much time as possible so Melvin Gordon is out Austin Eckler expected to start Travis Benjamin starting for the first time or active rather for the first time since week four uh, Chargers wide receiver don't think he's playable yet but just something to think about as his team is consistently banged up uh, Titans inactives today. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro, Quentin Spain, Tyler Mars, Derek Morgan, Matt Dickerson. So a few linemen and some defensive players. Defensive depth is hurting. Uh, other notable inactives for the Chargers kicker Caleb Sturgis, guard Forrest Lamp, defensive end Joey Bosa. So I, those guys are all uh, on the shelf today. So Chargers are, God, they, they've been as bitten by the injury bug as any team. And you just hope this Gordon thing is a short term reality as opposed to a long-term reality the weather over there in london which can usually be kind of funky is uh, it's only 51 degrees cloudy so it's really
2: cool if you live in london because like you're seeing like a different game like every week like different teams
1: no it's pretty cool and it's bouncing around to different times too so uh, people are getting different opportunities so uh as far
3: next week i think we get mexico
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so, uh, as far as weather is concerned, I'm not seeing anything that is of note, except the fact that it could be relatively windy in Philly. So, Panthers at Eagles looking at 49 and it, degrees.
2: And it, it midlife life, I, too. Yeah.
3: Yeah, at the Jets, yeah. Uh,
1: they projected
2: 16-mile-an-hour winds in both games.
1: Okay. So...
3: And this is going to put Scotty's thing to the test because Scotty yeah. always says the edge is 15 miles an hour, so we'll see.
1: Is that right, Scott? It's yeah. 15 miles an hour. Right, that right, on, breaking right point? on
3: that
2: line, 15 and above is that breaking point. Now, it really doesn't affect the Vikings in a way, uh, but Thielen in a way. I think it affects Kirk Cousins maybe throwing downfield to Stefan Diggs. Uh, but you, you, you look at Thielen, a lot of those passes are shorts, and he gains yardage after the catch you know, this might affect the Jets more than anything, boosting the Minnesota defense. And Carolina and Philadelphia, I don't think uh, makes you like Cam Newton even less, and it could affect Sean Jeffrey.
1: Yeah, we're looking at 13-mile-an-hour winds down in Jacksonville, too, so not above that breaking point, but just something to keep an eye on as we get deeper into the fall and uh, staring winter like down Blake the Blake face. Blake
2: Bortles will make the ball seem like it's windy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Typical
1: Blake. So, Uh, I do want to have an an extended discussion. We can push back the quarterbacks a couple of minutes into the next segment because I think it's important to discuss the Hyde-Chubb scenario. Uh, Sort of a shocking trade. I think uh, we can discuss what their values look like this week and moving forward. To those of you listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, thanks for downloading and listening for free. For those of you on TuneIn and iHeartRadio and a variety of terrestrial radio stations across the country, thanks, thanks for sending your Sunday morning with us. It's going to be myself, Scott, and Jim here for the next uh, hour and forty minutes before Lineup Lock Live picks up, and uh, I stick with you. So, big news to start it, man. I didn't even get I didn't even touch the injuries, so we'll have to do that as we go through some of the rankings. But we're off to the races. They're off to the races in London in about. See, 70 minutes so I'm frustrated already I know many of you are as well come back and join the misery on fantasy sports
0: today we'll be right back
1: up we're back on fantasy sports today game day edition i can't get into my this is comical using a new computer i can't log into my uh, to change my melvin gordon lineup so that'll be fun when i take a zero on at running back and uh a tight end if my teammate uh, dave martinez would just wake up and help me out with this it'd be nice so uh, before we get back to the nick chubb Carlos Hyde discussion if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with pros using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries try the props builder tool at mybookie.ag so forget having to create multiple lineups and ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money invest in the players that you want without salary cap Scott Engel if you sign up for a new account Jim Day using the promo code FNTSY you can receive a 50% deposit bonus there's no more dealing with late lineup scratches hell no no experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, promo code FNTSY. So we got the World Series set. We got games in London. The NBA. There's fights in the NBA. It's a we're chock full of action in the sports world today, Scotty.
2: Yeah, we 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 certainly are. And uh you know, of course, we got we got NASCAR at Kansas, too. So listen to the father-and-son fantasy. Well, actually, uh, go over to com and check out Sean Eagles' preview for
1: Kansas. Just a shameless plug right there. Just no, just absolutely no, <laughs> just no, no transition whatsoever. Nepotism just boom. Is rampant listen to my show. This is my other show. <laughs> Don't worry about this show. Listen to the other one. So, kidding. So I want to start yeah, with it's you, not Scott. not a show.
2: It's an article.
1: All right. Well, you said listen to... And then you transit. So you plug two I, I, things
2: I, there. I for I, oh. I, I no. There's no there's no uh, NASCAR show this week. We have an article instead.
1: Okay. So yes. read Scott stuff. It's great. Dailyrodeo. dot com. So I mean like,
3: stuff. Mike, Mike, before we get started, I just have to say this. You know, we gave you crap for going to the Jet game last week, for having to sit through that mess, and yet it was probably one of the better games on the entire slate.
1: It really was.
3: So give us some experience. I mean, that crowd must have been nuts.
1: So the game itself was cool, but the – and, Scott, I heard you referencing this on Friday. The Trek for anybody – to get to a Jets game via public transportation is an absolute disgrace. I took, I, I left the final segment of Lineup of Block Live. Everybody knew I was going to the game. Took a, one segment off early to try to not miss as much of the game. I walked across the street to Penn Station where you catch New Jersey Transit, and I was there at twelve forty-five sharp. They said they run trains every ten minutes they did not a train did not show up to 107 which is a normally scheduled train i asked the info guy he's like yeah that's the next train so we're already leaving penn station 7 minutes after the game starts we get to secaucus where you pick up a sh- what's effectively a shuttle train from secaucus new jersey to metlife stadium we waited i'd say a half an hour in secaucus Ooh. no trains <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of people maybe thousands of people just waiting to try to get to the game. We didn't arrive at MetLife until, like, I think I looked at my phone, and it was one fifty-eight that we got oh. there. So that's almost 75 minutes just to get there. Then i get into the stadium up to the luxury box and all this kind of stuff. And the, the setup there was great. But I showed up at 5 after 2, 10 after 2. And I just can't figure it out. If the Jets and the Giants don't have the clout to fix what's going on with New Jersey Transit to get hundreds of people to the game on time. Like, think of all the sacrificed revenue from those people showing up late and and how I don't ever want to go back now because New Jersey Transit was so horrible. So that, unfortunately, tainted the experience despite the fact that the game was very exciting. And we were – I was telling my friends to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and they're gambling and – There was a play at the end of the third quarter, which was hilarious because my buddy had bet the Jets, uh, I think it might have been the Jets minus three in the third quarter. But the Colts drive, and they have an opportunity to score and bust his bad beat on the last play of the third quarter. Well, there's a play at the end of the quarter, time runs out, Flag down. And the team start to walk away and my buddy is celebrating and I'm like, there's there's going to be an untimed down here at the end of the third. He's like, No, everybody's walking the other way. Sure enough, penalty into the end of the third. is like a Jets holding penalty, defensive holding. And you have to they have to run an untimed down at the end of the third. In order to, I wanted to see a touchdown so bad just to see his reaction, but they didn't score, <laughs> so he got the bet anyway. But just one of those little gambling moments that you're like, oh, please let this happen. He didn't have a ton of money on it. It was probably 25 bucks or something like that. But um, I do think that the game was a lot of fun, and I had fun with my friends and their families, but... Uh, the trek of getting back and forth to there is worth never going back again. Scott, as you mentioned, something to that effect. Yeah, the other it's,
2: day. I, I always leave early when I when I try to go to MetLife. If I, if it's a one o'clock game, uh, you know, I'll I'll leave no later than eleven o'clock because I always like to get there early. Uh, I'm hoping to go to Seattle next month and uh, you know and uh, you know maybe catch a game against the Niners or the Vikings home game, and uh, I'll report because Gabe Marny. Uh, says that uh, it's a, it's an hour trip to every stadium, which I found not to be true at Pittsburgh, because when you take. When you take uh, the ferry over, which is a wonderful ride, it leaves you right by the ketchup bottle, and bam, you're right there. So I can't say that about Pittsburgh. But, uh, and by the way, just uh, not to digress too much, though, uh, You know, I was watching the ball game last night, and uh, the other night, on Friday night, and Eric Kratz did a post-game interview, and I believe that Eric Kratz looks like Gabe Marency with a baseball hat. You think so? <laughs> yeah. Check it out.
1: I, I, was, I was watching Kratz a little bit. I had the Brewers in a pool. It was just a pick I had, picking out of a hat pool. So I'm done, and now I got to root against uh, the mortal enemy, the Red Sox, against the Dodgers. I'd like to see Kershaw <laughs> get one. I would. Uh, so I'm a Dodgers fan for the next week. I, I think the Sox are going to win, but I'll pull for the Dodgers here in the next uh, week, in ten days. So, um, so Jim, yeah, thanks for giving me the heads up to talk about the Jet game. But <clears throat> I mean. <laughs> We're not going to do quarterbacks this segment because there's too much stuff to talk about. And I want to start. I'll start with you, Jim, on the Carlos Hyde. By the way, Jim, you're a Jersey guy. Are you just laughing at the fact that I hate New Jersey Transit like everybody else? Or are you surprised no, actually, that it was as New bad Jersey as it was?
3: Transferred. They, they have been terrible across the board yeah. for at least the last eight months. Uh, my wife used to commute using them all the time, and she's always giving me updates. And, and they've been cutting trains and doing this yeah. and that. They've just, All the way across the board, New Jersey Transit train system has been terrible for a, quite a while now. So it doesn't surprise me at all.
1: And all my friends that were there are from Jersey, so they're sort of laughing, like, could have told you that. I'm like, I get it. But the game, it's like <laughs> I know that it stinks. I didn't know it's so bad that they didn't want people to care if people got to the game on time. I understand that I left late and I was going to be late. I didn't need to be an hour late. It, it's six miles from here. It's six miles from where I'm sitting right now. And it took me 90 minutes to get there by public transportation. It's, it could be literally 10 minutes. And they just, whatever got me fired up. So I'm thinking about it all over again. Anyway, good luck to the Jets the rest of the season. I will be watching that. you in person. So, um, Jim, let's talk about the Carlos Hyde-Nick Chubb thing. I I had no shares of Chubb until Friday. I did pick one up. I'm being fully hypocritical in saying that, yeah, I was one of the guys that jumped on the waiver wire in one of the leagues to pick him up. But I, from the beginning of the season, I had shares of Hyde, not of Chubb. I just thought – of course, there's an opportunity for Chubb long-term, and but I thought Hyde would be good enough to hang on to that job. Uh, but if he wasn't, I thought... I clearly didn't realize he's going to be traded, but I did think that this was the type of thing that might happen. Like Hyde might be the starter for four weeks and then peter out because he's not efficient, and then they put Chubb in. Why Chubb hasn't been getting as many snaps is beyond me, but uh, your first thoughts on Chubb moving forward and then is Hyde just toast now that he's in Jacksonville
3: well Chubb I I love Chubb now I mean absolutely he's going to get a lot of the early work and uh, you know they're going to really let him expand his wings you know I I'm with you I had a lot of Hyde coming into the season not as much Chubb I definitely thought Hyde would last this season Chubb would probably be the guy next year um but this trade definitely caught everybody out of the blue I and There was no chatter about it anywhere. It just happened. Uh, So it caught everybody off guard. Look, from a Chubb point of view, it's great. They want to see what the rookie can do. They're going to give him plenty of chances. It also helps all those people that took the shot on Duke Johnson and still have him. I think he absolutely becomes a better play once again now that Hyde is gone. Uh, So I I like that side of it because it definitely gives you another running back you can trust. What it does on the other side, though... It almost tells me that they don't have any trust in Fournette coming back this year. Because otherwise, it really doesn't make any sense. Everybody's talking about Fournette possibly coming back after the bye. You know, should be ready to go week 10. Why are you going to pay this much money for a guy for a few weeks when Yeldon has been doing a pretty good job? They have Jamal Charles as a backup. He's not the greatest, but he's still a good backup. You know, why would you go out and spend the money on Hyde if you think Fournette's coming back? So, you know, there's, there's a lot going on there that we're not privy to yet. I just think it really hurts Fournette's value going forward. And then, of course, this week they were talking about Hyde not playing. Now they're saying Hyde is going to play in a limited set of role, So it basically hurts Yeldon this week and really just throws fantasy running back situation
1: all up in the air. It hurts everybody in Jacksonville. And, Scott, they had already lost Corey Grant for the year. Yeldon has been banged up. Fournette, obviously, we know about. And Dr. A, on your show, Roto Experts in the morning a couple of weeks back, said... This could be a lost season for Fournette. Now at the time I thought it was mostly in terms of fantasy value, but this might be actually a lost season as this hamstring issue has really lingered to the point where they paid a fifth round pick and a multi million dollar salary to a guy just to come in to stabilize the position.
2: This is why you gotta pay attention inside injuries. They said it three weeks ago. Yeah yeah, you know, they, they 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 seem to always be out of the game on, on a lot of these injuries. And you know, to Jim's point, I don't think they gave up a lot. You know, they gave up a fifth-round pick, but still to acquire anybody at this time of year speaks to the fact that they don't think they're going to come back. And also that TJ Yeldon, who they drafted the second round in 2016, and then they drafted Fournette a year after him in the first round, they still don't have the confidence that this guy can be a feature back if he's pressed into it. He's already gotten banged up, and he had a disappointing game. Last week, I think, uh, and myself, I'm, I'm guilty of it, too. We all got snowed by thinking T.J. Yeldon was going to be like an RB1 type. The rest of the way, I should have known better.
1: Yeah, so as far as the Browns are concerned, we've seen the explo- – he's only touched the ball ten times for the year. So <laughs> he was ridiculously explosive in the one game. Uh, but what can I say? I mean, this Browns offense has been better. When Baker's not getting pummeled, they're moving the ball up and down the field. So Nick Chubb's a really good option. And I think the guy who's probably was lost in the shuffle during all this, I think just people don't realize how good Duke Johnson was a year ago. Is that fair to say, Jim?
3: Well, I think people still had those high hopes coming into the season because right. he was drafted you know, pretty high – for most of the draft season. It was just those early games when he wasn't getting involved that people were just dumping him left and right and sat on a lot of waiver wires. And, you know, now he's absolutely a guy that if he's on a waiver wire anywhere left, he should definitely be picked up at this point. He's going to be a pretty solid option going forward.
1: Yeah, so uh, let me just do some other injury stuff. We we talked about the Titans-Chargers game starting in a little less than an hour. Pat's Bears, we know about Gronk. Um I think that's the one big news. A lot of these other guys are banged up. Got Gordon and Michelle and Edelman all listed as questionable. But again, we know about Patri- Patriots and questionable tags. Because <laughs> every, questionable yeah, because everybody's questionable. A lot of Patriots. Fifteen guys, <laughs> but but now the Gronk <laughs> thing is real. So uh, Marcus yeah. Cannon, their tackle, their tackle is out with a concussion as well. So keep that in mind. Khalil Mack. Latest on that, guys. Do you know anything? There, there was a possibility that he was going to be limited. He or is expected out? to play. Yeah,
3: yeah he's going to play today.
1: Okay, and Alan Robinson. He's, although he looked a little banged up last week.
3: Yeah, he he's looked a little banged up. He Never looked a little banged up in like... Okay, Scott, you go.
1: <laughs> go ahead, Jim. No, you go.
3: <laughs> no, I was just going to say, he did look up a, a little banged up last week and slowed down. So even if he's playing, you know, you're not going to get the full force mech.
1: Uh Yeah. So uh, Allen Robinson returned to Bears practice on Friday. Still questionable, but he did return to practice. Uh, Bill's coach Josh Allen is out. We know that Derek Anderson in saving the players from full mutiny if Nate Peterman was out there. So Derek Anderson will play in the in, in place of the injured Josh Allen. Uh,
3: I bet you that's something you never thought you would ever say, that Derek Anderson could save anything.
1: uh, Fair point. But he's saving somebody's job or life or something (laughs) in Buffalo. Uh, Colts are set to get T.Y. Hilton back, so those T.Y. Hilton owners. uh, Would you roll him right out there, Scotty? Uh, Obviously, it's always dependent on options. He's got Tredavious White out there. It's always a tough matchup. But you roll T.Y. Hilton out there. The volume has been there for Colts passing game.
2: Uh, I think you have to. That's the kind of guy where he's active. You have to start him, especially with all the passing volume that you're talking about, uh, you know, for a, for a guy like uh, Andrew Luck right now.
1: Plus Jack Doyle and Ryan Grant now. Jack Doyle's still out. Ryan Grant out. Robert Turbin out. This is this is the most injured team. Just when I thought the Chargers No, were, San
3: Francisco is. True.
1: True. <laughs> but these guys have been...
3: Just to cut that thought off. ...brutalized.
1: So... <laughs> uh Good. let's see who else lions dolphins ziggy ansa is out for the lions so whatever their pass rush was their pass rush is just going to be worse than worse than it was going to be against the brock osweiler led dolphins as a transition to another injury with ryan tannehill still out theoretic out man this is brutal uh, let's see. Devontae Parker listed his question. Well, he's on the trading block, but the Dolphins can't get a third round pick for him. So he still remains on the Dolphins. Dalvin Cook out for the fourth time in five weeks. Can we just stop practicing this guy? Let's just yeah, not really, practice, please? Scott, so that we just have you in a few weeks as opposed to po- putting you out there every Wednesday and then having you on the shelf every Sunday there.
2: Yeah, he's 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 just a tease. That's all he is. You yeah, know, the guy. You know what? Guys, guy should be the guy should be working at a strip club.
3: <laughs> if they would have just put him on IR to return back when he first sustained the injury, we'd still be looking at a couple of weeks of him not being here. I know, but he would have had the time to get fully healthy. I agree. Just a stupid move.
1: Yeah, Fournette and Cook, same things. They're just pushing, 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 and now these guys aren't coming back. Tom Cook was coming off an ACL injury. And they pushed him out there because they want everybody to be Adrian Peterson. And everybody's not. So, uh, Andrew Sodejo, Riley Reif out for the Vikings. I'm going to keep going through this as much as I can. Jets have ruled out Marcus May, Quincy Anunwa. They cut Terrell Pryor yesterday. I saw him get picked up yesterday right before he got cut (laughs) in one league. So, this is insane. So, we're going to come back. We'll do quarterbacks. I'll try and get the train back on the tracks on FST. back on fst sunday game day edition we're here until 10 o'clock The game starts in about 45 47 minutes so we'll be on air as we have live football happens once or twice a year for us so uh we will be tracking that game uh at coming up at 10 o'clock it is line of block live it's myself with gabe Morrissey and Corey parson and then From 1 to 8 o'clock, we have Fantasy Football Live, a cast of characters. Corey and Gabe with Chris Welsh and Joe Galena and Cam Stewart with George Kurtz. Uh, Chris Bavona was on last week. I stopped by after my transportation debacle back from the Jet game. And then (laughs) Fantasy Football Rewind with Jim Day and Scott Engel to wrap up the day. Uh, They'll take you through all the things that happened, uh, the craziness that happened, even on a shorter slate today. But... I just—it's uh, just one quick qualifier before we finally get to Scott's ranks on the QBs. Um, very often, I'll mention offensive tackles and defensive tackles and safeties that are out. I do think it's important to mention that, even though much of the fantasy football world is focused on the twenty percent of players that are touching the ball, catching passes, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's important to know that it it helps increase certain matchups and decrease certain advantages for certain players when. Uh, this offensive tackle is out or, or this safety is on the shelf for a game. So when Anderson Dejo is out, you know, it opens up things, open things up for the Jets passing game. They they have a good defense, but key members like that, they haven't played like a good defense. They have a talented defense. They haven't played that well, but when key members are out, it, it can hurt it even more. So um, let's just get to the rankings. We can address the injuries as we go, and we'll start with Scott's QB rankings Week 7, you can find these in the exclusive Edge package on rotoexperts.com, and Scott posts them there every single week. So we start out with Patty Mahomes going up against Cincinnati. Matt Ryan, the number two quarterback off the board, he plays Monday night against the Giants. Tom Brady facing the Bears. Uh, Drew Brees comes in at number four. Tough matchup against Baltimore, but Scott likes him nonetheless. Jared Goff comes in at number five. Kirk Cousins at number six. In the windy MetLife Stadium, Andrew Luck at 7, Andy Dalton at 8, Jameis Winston at 9, and Carson Wentz at 10. So I'll pause there to say that you know Scott has no qualms about Breeze going up against Baltimore, Jim, uh, nor does he. And also, uh, he's going to keep riding Jameis Winston, which I don't blame him for, going up against a Cleveland defense that hasn't made all that many stops. So Jameis, right out of the gate, has been a top-notch fantasy QB.
3: Look, you know, look at these. We look at these rankings every week, and there's always a few players that you know I'm slightly off with on Scott, and you know I ask him about, and we talk about. And I have to say, this is the first week where I'm pretty much right in line with Scott this week with quarterbacks. Uh, him and I are almost Uh-oh. perfectly aligned. Yeah, so that That's, really doesn't ring well for you, Scott. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I mean, look, let's face it. Uh, breeze is Breeze. I mean. Baltimore playing great 11 sacks last week against Tennessee. Not going to happen against New Orleans. New Orleans is is one of the fewest sacks teams in in the league, and that's because Breeze, he he can read the defenses, can read the blitz, get the ball out of his hands. I see a lot of that happening today. So I'm with Scott. I do not, you know, him going against Baltimore in Baltimore doesn't scare me as much as many people. A lot of people are really down on him this week. I just don't see it.
1: Uh, you have any, no yeah, concerns to about him point, traveling with to that, that offense, point,
2: right?
3: Uh, yeah, to, to, to that point, it's
2: it's it's uh, if people get worried about defenses. Again, there are no shutdown defenses in the NFL. I think they gave up to like thirty-four to like Cincinnati. Uh, you know, this is an op, the uh, The last year's Super Bowl was a pivotal turning point for this league. That that was an offensive game. Defense didn't win a championship for the first time that I can't remember in how long in the Super Bowl. And the league is just like that now. You can't be scared of any defenses in fantasy football. And more than ever, you can't assume that the defense wins the matchup. DeAndre Hopkins going against Jalen Ramsey. DeAndre Hopkins is done against everybody.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter, in the last couple of weeks in particular, on this topic, that defenses don't matter. We tended to always adjust rankings, perhaps some people more than others, based on the defensive matchup that was happening. But to Scott's point, we're at least seeing that mitigated, if not eliminated, because of the way that defenses played. And you know what's unique about the couple of quarterback injuries that have happened is we've seen a trend over the last few years that there's, Generally, very few games in totality lost to injury by QBs. Now, this started 10 years ago because Tommy Terrific took an ACL in the first quarter of the first game of the season, and it impacted. Tom <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry, TB12. Showing your t- age there, Scott.
2: Took a, t- no, showing who had the guy to name 1st
1: <laughs> It's not a terribly creative name, but I digress. TB12 took an ACL, and I think it really, obviously, they came out with a rule right away, and we've seen that continue to evolve to the to the point of ridiculousness. Obviously, you know, the, the Clay Matthews penalty from earlier this year—you know, the landing, uh, putting landing the body weight on the QBs, getting called for penalties, and all that kind of stuff. But to the greater point, Scott's right. Like that's just what the league is now. The Super Bowl is a good example of that, but uh, we see generally very few games lost to injury due to quarterbacks because when it does happen, it buries teams, and the NFL doesn't want to see that happen. They don't want to see, even if it's Ryan Tannehill or Josh Allen, they don't really want to see that. They want to keep those guys protected, and they want their fans to be into it because I can tell you right now, as a Steelers fan, if Ben goes down, season's over. The Steelers have a goal to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're going to win it anyway, but they have a goal to win the Super Bowl. If Josh Dobbs is the guy that comes in, they're not winning. Philly had a very unique situation last year. They had a starting a former starting quarterback come in, and he just played lights out for a few games. Could always happen, lightning in a bottle and all that kind of stuff, but what what happened with Philly last year is going to be a rarity. It's not it's not the exception that proves the rule. Am I is that fair to say, Jim?
3: No, I'm right there with you. But the one thing the league can't do is protect the quarterbacks from themselves. And we see guys like Watson going out there. And, you know, once he gets out of that pocket in a running situation, he becomes a running back. So he can get hit. however they want to hit him. Um, You know, so he's taken multiple blows because of that. And, you know, he just doesn't have that body type to withstand that many blows. He with that bad offensive line That's he is problem. just getting hit at, at an alarming rate and then when you add in the fact that he's running and getting hit harder on those plays just you can't protect the you know the team from the quarterback himself
1: totally true uh, and Deshaun Watson has taken over 50 QB hits so far this year it's it's got a pretty wide margin between first and second place in that sorted stat but nonetheless Uh, Jim's right Uh, you can't protect those guys from themselves you know what's what's to Tannehill here and Allen these seems to be shorter term injuries but um so let's move on Jameis uh Jameis Winston was 30 of 41 for 395 with four touchdowns last week Daly wrote had him as a top projected value he helped me in cash games and I cashed out last week in a big way because of Jameis Winston so I'll keep moving through it Carson Wentz at 10 Cam Newton at eleven, so that's interesting because I had that in my in the next show in Lineup Lock Live. We generally do a start sit comparison, and I compared those two: Cam Newton versus Carson Wentz. So you have them right next to each other, Scott. What is? I'm splitting hairs, but what do you think is the deciding factor there? Where you edge Wentz over Newton?
2: I just think he's a better pure passer. He's uh, he's playing at home. It's gonna be windy there and I think that uh Wedge can probably deal with it better than Newton.
1: Probably true. Cam obviously always giving you the floor with rushing the ball, Jim, but um that that's a close one. Both guys still in the Q B one conversation, though, as you said, you're right in line with Scotty on a lot of these. So let me go to the next guy. I want you to comment on Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky at number twelve. You have Brady also in Scott has as the number three Q B. So are we seeing the real Mitch Trubisky sort of? graduate into a better thrower the beginning of the year was very poor efficient efficiency wise then he has the six touchdown game he's got a bye week he comes back they have the funky game against the Dolphins but uh here he is against New England we assume what could be playing a catch-up role but what are your thoughts on Trubisky today can he hang in there
3: well I think he's gonna have to I, I mean I do expect you know New England to put points up on Chicago even with Gronk out. Look, Gronk hasn't been having the season, so that really shouldn't affect them. Uh, Gordon gives them another weapon. So, you know, I'm expecting New England to put points on the board. Chicago's going to have to follow suit. I think what we're seeing the last couple of games is Matt Nagy finally getting his offense into that speed offense that he wants. You know, Taylor Gabriel on the outside, getting Tariq Cohen involved in the running game a lot more than Howard is. You know, Howard is more that plotter guy that early down back and he's just not getting it done. Plus, he fumbled on the goal line last week. Didn't help his cause. I think this... You know, quick pace offense can do some damage to this New England defense as well. Uh, The only downside here is Allen Robinson not being 100%. You know, it really kind of hurts them a little bit. I just think it plays more into Gabriel's hands, and we might even see a little bit more Anthony Miller in this one.
1: I agree. Gabriel had five receptions for a team-high 110 yards in Week 6. So Trubisky going for his third in a row with 300-plus passing yards, three touchdowns, and a 100 rating. Only Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins have a 70% completion percentage and 100 rating outside of Mitch Trubisky so he's one of those three Breeze, Cousins, and Trubisky. 70% completion percentage, 100 plus rating so I'll keep going through it. Uh, Joe Flacco at 13 going up against that Saints defense at home. Uh, Matt Stafford at 14, Phil Rivers at 15 Baker Mayfield at 16, C.J. Beathard, Deshaun Watson going against the Jags, Blake Bortles I think Blake Bortles is kind of a sneaky play today but uh, Eli Manning, uh, and Dak Prescott, and Case Keenum down, on and on down the list. Uh, the one guy I'll ask about is Baker Mayfield. Scott, yeah, I'm all the way down there at sixteen. Tampa hasn't been able to cover anybody this year. Any particular reason why you didn't have him a little higher?
2: Ah, uh, just you know, the quarterbacks that are ahead of him, I just trust for more of a floor. I know the matchup looks great on paper based on everything that we've seen, but football is a, a, a game of changing trends. You're talking about a rookie quarterback still going on the road, and uh, even though the linebacker's coach has been promoted promoted to defensive coordinator he doesn't have much of a history, uh, you know, sometimes uh, changes like that can kind of shake a team up and you know, make them play a little bit better the following week. I don't think we can assume Tampa Bay – I'm not saying they won't be, but I don't think we can assume 100% that the defense is going to be as bad as it was. You know, they fired the coordinator there. Guys are going to be playing for their jobs, etc. The the new coordinator has a chance to show himself here. So I don't think we can assume anything necessarily. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield uh, doesn't have the floor of, say, a Philip Rivers, who I have ranked ahead of him. Mm.
1: Jim Latton. Uh-huh.
2: And then.
3: Can I add a point here? Absolutely. I mean, Mayfield, you know, young rookie quarterback, we expect a lot from him, but still, he's only had one game with over 300 passing yards. He's only had one game with multiple touchdowns. You know, again, like Scotty points out, you know, Tampa Bay has been a tough defense, but usually this kind of change shakes it up a little bit. Maybe we do see a little bit more, and you know, let's face it, outside of Landry, they haven't gotten anything from Antonio Callaway. Uh, I do think we see a little bit more Damian Ratley in this one, uh, a guy that they you know, in town, have been talking about a lot lately. Uh, he finally showed up last week. I think he's really a nice play on DFS this week as a punt play.
1: Callaway is an interesting DFS play too, if for only, if if for no other reason than that he is seeing targets. He's seen ten, nine, and ten targets in three of the last four weeks. There's a five in there as well. I don't know the exact order that they were in, but they're at least. Yeah, but when you get, they're forcing you get 10 the ball targets and only catch two of them. I get it. I get it, but that's why he's an interesting DFS play because if it hits, yeah, it hits. It's he, a tournament he's, play.
2: He's boomer bust. He's yeah. boomer bust. He's got he got catches of of fifty seven and forty nine yards this week, and he's going against Tampa Bay. You know, so it's look, it's a it's a total dart throw. Uh, you know, that you, it's more of a daily play than anything or a desperation sort of weekly play.
1: I'm, I have to play Damian Callaway. And Ratley. My diner. you want Radley?
2: Damian Ratley.
1: Ratley's gotta be a min salary in uh, on DK uh, or Damian Ratley. So that's your guy for Remember the who do, like? who, who do you Damian like? Who do you like? Damien Ratley. Damian
3: Ratley. Who? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, Damian Ratley is the play today.
1: Scott, any more baseball you think references? Damian Ratley's
2: got a chance.
1: Any more baseball references you want to work in, Scott? You got Kratz in there, <laughs> you got Tom Seaver, and anything else? <laughs>
2: Uh, no, I don't think there's any ratlies in baseball, but they used to be rats in hockey and they used to throw them on the ice in Florida. They did. Oh, jeez. They did. <laughs> yeah.
1: it did. It's not, yeah. it, it, you, the, this current societal temperature would not allow for that. Can you, can we say that? People didn't like it at the time, but people really yeah, so would like it now. the rats. Yeah.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah. And the octopus and uh, octopi. There, you
1: know, save the rats. Save the, the octopi rats. in octopi um, in uh, Detroit as well. So. Uh, let me. But all right. So we went through all the quarterbacks. We're not going to have time to do the running backs because this show just started off in a really weird way because of all the weird <laughs> trades and injuries and all that kind of stuff. So I want to just get back to some injury news. The Eagles. The Eagles ruled out linebacker DJ Alexander, linebacker Nate, Nate Gary, safety Corey Graham, Sidney Jones, uh cornerback Sidney Jones, and running back Daryl Sproles on Friday. hello Dinata is questionable. So the the Eagles cannot stop the pass on the outside. So who is the guy that Newton can target today? Who's the guy that you would want, Scott, to target against the Eagles? I don't know secondary? if I'd
2: want anybody necessarily because the wind could affect you know, Devin Funches, who's a deep guy. Hmm. Uh, so I, I think my, things might be complicated on the outside there.
0: Torrey, I, 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 don't, I
2: I think that, you know, they might have some trouble taking advantage of the matchup, or maybe it's a situation where a guy like Tory Smith is going to surprise. Yeah. yeah, yeah he's in a revenge. He's,
3: he does have a revenge
2: script today.
1: There
3: you go. Oh, uh, screw that revenge script. It kicked my butt last week.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Damn, Marshawn Lynch didn't do nothing for him. And now,
1: him. by the way, now he's out. He's on a bye, it, but he's it out for a month.
3: Sometimes it doesn't, like everything else.
1: Yeah. So Marshawn Lynch is out for a month, another guy that I own in one league. So uh, I, I knew this was going to happen. It was too good. It was too good to start. It's all <laughs> falling apart right here in week seven, right at the midway point. So I can't figure out why the Tampa Bay Bucks defense stinks. Vinnie Curry and Gerald McCoy are out today. So the Bucks are shorthanded on the defensive line. So it's even worse. I think Baker's yeah. going to go nuts yeah. today. <laughs> so I can't figure out why they're so bad. They have all this talent. They've been terrible. They can't cover anyone. Now they fired the defensive coordinator. I think this is the beginning of everything circling the drain. I think Jameis can ball out here with some nice fantasy statistics for the rest of the year and attach some wide receivers and a tight end or two to him. Uh, But I think this team has gone south. I have them under 6.5. It wouldn't stun me if they won today, get a little jolt from the defensive coordinator change, but... I just don't like the look of the team in general. I think Dirk Cutter is going to be in trouble. So we're going to come back after the break. We will talk running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. We'll get in as much as we can. Survivor picks and all that jazz. It's Mike, Jim, and Scott on FST Game Day Edition. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Keep it locked.